Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's... Mike Lucas. Holy cow, we got quite the lineup today. It just dawned on me. I was looking at our guest list, and it starts early in the first hour at 6.45 as we continue the series of interviews for Birdies for Health. Uh, Today's guest will be Dr. Melanie Schmidt. We'll talk a little bit about uh, how young athletes have to be more cognizant of eye injuries while competing. So Melanie, Dr. Schmidt will join us at 6.45. And then during the second hour of the show, we are jam-packed. It starts at 7.15 with Marco Siki, Wisconsin's assistant hockey coach, who will just kind of fill us in a little bit. Uh, I think this is year two, isn't it? Casting for Kids. His Casting for yes. Kids tournament yep. set for June 1st, which is just right around the corner. You can also ask Mark about what he saw in last night's St. Louis Blues win in overtime against the Boston Bruins. So Marco Siki at 7.15. Then we'll be joined by Connor Kaloya, Big Top Sports and Entertainment. Visit a little bit about the Mallards, maybe the Kingfish, certainly the Flamingos. Connor can talk about anything. So Connor Kaloya at 7.30 and Jeff Patrikas at 7.45. Jeff Patrikas at 7.45. So four guests for your listening pleasure. Very Jot diverse group there. Yeah, it yes. is. It's eclectic. Yes, exactly. It's a very eclectic group, which would be a word never used in our company. Never used in our company. Last night I was switching back and forth between hockey and baseball, and then I got mesmerized by one thing that happened in the baseball game between the Cubs and the Astros. Uh-oh. I saw it in real time. I saw it in real time. Al Morris, oh. uh, foul ball. I don't know how they handled the play-by-play. I'm kind of curious myself to hear uh, how this how this came out. Because if well, let's go with the the sound, and then we'll explain. We'll reset this whole scene. Okay, John. Okay. Uh, so here is how it sounded. I think this is the Houston Astros actually radio network is the sound that uh, was provided today. So okay. this is how it sounded. Here comes the two-two inside and pulled foul. Really whipped it past the Cubs dugout into the seats. And now they're asking for some medical assistance down the line for one of the fans. And hopefully everyone's okay over there. You hate to see that. Yep. And everybody on the field kind of saw it. You see all the players just sitting there. And now Albert Amora Jr., the hitter who fouled that ball, is on one knee praying for that fan. Okay. I, I, again, I saw it in real time. 
Uh, it's pretty moving. It's touching. I don't know if either one of you have saw it last night when it happened or have since seen the replay. Have you? Yeah, seen yep. the replay. So, yeah. so Almora hits a foul ball down the line, um, hits a little girl. I'm guessing what? Six years old? Seven years old? I saw a snapshot of her as she was being carried up I the stands. I haven't seen that yet, no. Yeah, that's... Very young little girl. Almora just collapsed. Uh, the catcher reacted in the same fashion, knowing this is trouble. This is trouble. And Almora was disconsolate. The rest, I don't know. He started crying in the dugout. Um, at one point, went over to the stands where there was security and hugged the security guard. Mm-hmm. Now, the only update we've gotten from the Houston Astros is that she was taken to the hospital and apparently is okay, apparently okay. But right, right away, people start talking about extending the netting. Okay, it, it, This is a, a progression, I suppose. It, it, it started, was it last year, two years ago, where all the teams were, were uh, encouraged, yep. if not ordered, to extend their netting between the home plate netting and the dugouts. I think in 2018, all 30 ML, I have it from USA Today, all okay. 30 MLB teams will extend protective netting this season. That was 2018. To at least the far end of the dugout. Yes. Can we agree on something about this? With the okay, well, I'm, I'm going to let both of you talk, so go ahead. Can we agree that right after the game, when you're interviewing Elmore Jr. and you're asking him about the incident, that maybe that's not the best time to ask him his opinion on extending the netting around the field. Whatever anybody thinks about whether it should be or shouldn't be, the guy is in tears. He's like visibly shaken. Well, no, he was. He... There's unknown status of a young child who's been taken out after being hit by a foul ball. That's not the story right now. He probably Maybe shouldn't even tomorrow, been honestly the talking. the next day, whenever. But let's just focus on the foul ball, yeah, how he feels, the child status, I'm... and that right now. All right, I can see some merit in what you're saying, but that's not how news works. You collect the news when the news happens. But that's not the news right now. The news is um, right no. now is not the netting. Yeah, no, but he became a part of the story last night with his reactions. He was became right. a big part he, of the story. That's the point, though. Interviewing him, fine. Yeah, well, then, Asking him, then why do we talk him? to coaches fine. after games after tough losses? You can give them a day to cool off. Right, if you're going to compare a tough loss with a child being struck in the head, well, I'm by just a ball saying there are limits. Well, ballpark. there are limits to everything. I, I, I right, think this exactly. is just a part of collecting news that you want to get the reaction of the athlete in this case. Um, Not on that. Pretty, no, clearly but, visible. But are you the next day, the following no, day? I, sure. That's are you saying gonna forty-eight hours? You're going to talk to him every single day. Are you saying Amora shouldn't have been? Amora could have said no to the interview. At all? Yeah, he could have said. Yeah, or, that's what he's saying. He's or, saying no or the, the question he, specifically no, about netting. He did the interview, but he, and he was asked a couple of questions about the incident. Fine, and you could tell he was obviously shaken. Right. Understandable. And then a reporter. Meekly kind of tries to jam in there about, do you think the netting should be extended? So you have more of an and issue he, with the netting than he talking. And he almost started to break down then and yeah. just kind of like, So you don't want him to draw a conclusion. You're saying, let's not draw conclusions on what happened last night. I know. Let's I'm not just be saying so it's quick not to do that. like everything in life. There's a time and a place. Well, were you okay with There's them talking to Elmore after the of game? Of course. Okay. That, I, that was unclear to me. Like, no. You were saying you, you can't even talk No, that's not what I said. I said is don't ask about the netting. That's not the story right now. That's well, not the, the story, story is right the girl, now. not the, the netting. The story is about the girl. But the conversation now and is the incident. netting yeah, for a lot of people. That's a discussion. And that's the first thing I thought of is I understand Major League Baseball extended the netting, but I, I think this goes back all the way to like, didn't he recommend this in 2016, Rob Man- Manfred? I believe it was like 2016. So we're going on three, four years now, somewhere in that ballpark where they talked about it. They finally implemented it in 18. And I've always said, you got to extend that farther. 
foul balls still fly at a very high pace, and there are no professional athletes with gloves in the stands. Let me interject something here, and you both will rip me for it, okay? I don't have kids. There have been too many instances to my thinking when I've seen a ball game and I've seen somebody in the stands holding a baby in one arm, a beer in another, fly ball, foul ball comes in their direction, and there's just like no, no awareness that they have a small child in their arms, it seems like. And I'm sure that's not the case, but I can't read their minds. I, I think at some point, too, you, you take th- this little girl couldn't have been more than 10. Right. Look where they were sitting. There, there has to be a, an awareness of the family, too. You're, I'm going to take a small, our small daughter to this game, and we're going to sit in the front row right behind the, right at the extension of the dugout. There has to be an alertness to what could happen, even though you couldn't prevent what would happen because of the speed of the baseball, right? So my thinking is, and again, you're going to rip me for it, I'm not taking my kid there. Well, I'll get seats in the upper grandstand. I, I got to take that precaution or measure. I don't want to be sitting in that front row not knowing if I could protect my kid from a line drive. If she's like six years old, why am I sitting down there with her? Well, I it- can take her to the game. I just get a different seat in, the, in what would be a higher percentage or a lower percentage area of getting hit by something. I went, it was, ele- I, you can, can criticize me well, for that. Well, I mean, I think you have to be aware. I would never bring a baby to those seats. And you've seen, you guys have both seen it, right? In major league mm-hmm. parks, they're and carrying I, babies in the- and catching balls. And, and I, I always think like, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that we celebrate that because I understand it's funny and it's cool. Like you're holding the baby, catching a ball, drinking a beer, like, What's cool about that? Well, at the same time, it's also like inches or a split second away from being like the worst story of all time. And so I have always thought that was kind of interesting that we celebrate like, look at the dude catch the ball with the kid. But here's an example. Last night I went to the Mallards game. It was elementary school night. They put us, I didn't know where the tickets were. They put us on the third baseline. And uh, what's our, the screening? I haven't been. To the, it goes just well. just to the edge of the dugout. All right. And and so I said, you know, we our seats where our seats were and there were tons of elementary kids and most of them were playing somewhere else. Um, we're beyond the netting. And we sat down. I go, we're not sitting here. <laughs> I'm not. I can't catch a fall ball if something comes screaming at us. We so we just moved to some empty seats behind the net. So what you're saying, like, I would not even purchase those tickets i would for sure not bring a small child if i did bring a smaller child and i felt comfortable that they could uh have fun or be a little bit more aware i would be worried the entire four hours of that flipping game that i was going to so miss I'm not a play nuts for suggesting that i don't think it's that you nutty. should be a little bit accountable for even seat location given the age of the youngster uh well we you know why reason number one uh, of many reasons why they buy those seats they want to get close to the players in the action. I hear you. They want to get autographs. I mean, I know tons of people that go with kids all the time, and they get those sorts of seats, and then they get there for batting practice, and they sit down there because they want a player to flip them a ball. They want to get a picture. They want to get an autograph, whatever it is. Let and you add. don't even have to have kids because you mentioned mm-hmm. that you didn't have kids, and all right, why would you buy it with kids? Look, look around at a ballpark or any sporting event now. Even when you're looking at the people who are behind the screen oh. you know, at home plate when you're just watching a game, the, the people we joke about the goofballs right behind home plate. Look how many are just sitting on their phone. They're not paying attention to the game all the time. So an adult getting hit by a foul ball or a bat falling oh, in the stands or whatever. A PA guy just surprising. weighed in and he he read somewhere between last night and this morning that the little girl that was injured at Houston was four years old. Okay. Four. Look, 
look at you know uh, one of the there's many reasons about this you were talking about what you know somebody holding Cradling a child a yeah. under one arm and trying to yeah. uh, maybe a beer in the other and trying to catch a fall ball whatever we have radio hosts that I listen to who say you can't bring a glove to a game it's just it, it's a joke to bring a glove to a game because it you makes you there, a you wimp better. it makes you a wimp <laughs> no adult should ever bring a glove to a game what, what adult should be catching a foul ball or a home run ball or some line drive or a bat oh, yeah, come I, flying into the stands? I'm not saying you have to bring a glove to for safety, but I'm saying we ridicule people who bring them as if that's some sort of offensive thing that they have done. No, I've never been able to understand why you'd be, if, you, if, you, if you had a toddler in your arms and you're in a place where you potentially could you know, have to field a, a ball. Whether it's the not even a ball, not. a line drive that so not, no, no normal person could ever right. react to. Um, now let me let's extend this discussion a little bit further. If if we would agree that the netting should be extended to the foul pole, okay, does it end there though? How about bleachers, home runs that are hit into the bleachers? Do you have do you have put some netting up on the outfield walls? I think the most dangerous part is like we've been talking about. A line drive with exit velocity of whatever that would be, as compared to a home run, which is much slower, and you've got well, seconds to prepare. It's not slower. It's that you have more time to react still. For the ball to right. travel 300, 400, 500 feet to get out to you, there's time that you've heard the crack of the bat. And for people it to, are I mean, looking I around. I still was almost hit in the head by a Jason Giambi home run in a home run derby. It's still it dangerous. My head off Don't get me standard, wrong, but, but it's less dangerous, I would think. Right. It's less dangerous than less when you're sitting to. right down so, the fall line or behind home plate. Before we close this line. segment, let's get some sort of agreement or disagreement. Would you be willing to extend or demand that every major league team extends its netting to the foul pole? Do you think that's a good idea, yes or no? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd have to look at it a little bit deeper. But I know some haven't some teams even gone further than what was recommended by Major well, that, League yeah, Baseball. It, yeah. But they, they but, put out. They said this is how far you have to go if you want to go further. That's yeah. up to you. But and I think most teams should go past those recommended limits. I think some teams probably will start looking into it or doing it, and fans will be upset by it. Have they you will sat? Lose that have closeness. you sat? Either one of you sat behind the new netting at uh, Miller Park? No. Mm. No, and I was, I was right behind home plate. Yeah, last we've year. I've I've had, you know, home plate tickets. Yeah, but I haven't seen is it much of a distraction of a distraction at all. I don't think. Why would it be? No, nope. like, but I think you know now you lose. You lose first the baseman, third baseman flipping the ball to you in the stands. Now you lose the leaning over, getting the autograph, and getting the picture. Uh, you lose all of that. And they, that's what they want. That's why people buy. Well, those but seats. well, the teams have to just kind of adjust to the situation and then set up inter. You know, autograph sessions with players before games in a different area where kids can come down. Can't and still they maybe get them? like extend it as the game starts? Like, could they just like pull the strings and then it extends during? You know what I mean? Like, couldn't they figure out a way where before the game we're cool with getting your autographs and interacting, and then during the game we got to bring this thing up? Maybe you ask. Basically all right, save this- it. We'll come okay, back. Okay. Well, I want to continue this. Uh, we'll hear from Almora. We had Joe Madden too. I didn't check. Uh, we I got, can go definitely look for got Almora. Yeah, got, we do have Almora because yep. uh, you need to hear his. Uh, well, the emotion that he still was expressing after the game. All of that and much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Right, right.
drives one in the air, deep center field. Back goes Marisnik, back to the center field fence. That ball is gone. Home run, Chris Bryant, just to the right of dead center. Had a good sound to it, and it carries over the wall. And the Cubs lead two to nothing. Obviously, I didn't want that to happen, and I didn't intend for that to happen. The rest was kind of a blur, the rest of that at bat. I finally kind of came to my senses after the next half inning when I, when I went over to the stands. They, they, they asked me if I wanted to keep playing, and um, I thought it was the right thing to do, just stay. And I think it would have been worse for me if I would have uh, gone out of the game mentally. Unofficial reports of how she's doing have kept me going. Puts life into perspective, kind of. We get upset, we don't hit, we make errors. Like I was, how I was upset, I didn't make that play. And, and then just kind of life just, you know, puts things in perspective. That was kind of the highlight and the low light from last night's Cubs victory over Houston. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Vogel and Adias. You heard the Chris Bryant home run. Kyle Schwarber also homered in the Cubs 2-1 win over the Astros. Kyle Hendricks was really, really good now. In five April starts, Hendricks was 1-4 with a 5.33 ERA. This month, he's 4-0 with a 1.81 ERA. That voice you heard and that sound coming back off the break was Albert Almora as we said. He had a foul ball off a, I think it was a four-year-old girl. Uh, he was pretty crushed. Uh, he showed his emotion on the field and in the dugout, hugging a security guard. And then after the game as well, at a loss for words, what are you, you going to say? Uh, he wasn't the only one that felt that way. I mean, it was Baez who was on the base pass and immediately ran over to the, the railing where the little girl was with her father, I guess, I assume. Uh, again, the, the latest update was that she's okay. I'm assuming she's okay. She was taken to a hospital. And there's a, there's a picture of her and her dad, um, her dad carrying her up, up to state. You could tell she's so small, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, can, I buy that she's probably four or five years old. Um, and she was crying. John, you had you you're playing Doctor John for us. What what was your thought? Well, I just uh, from the Houston Chronicle who had the picture. Uh, she was crying, right? She had a bow and she was crying and obviously in some pain. And I thought, well, this is the best thing that you could possibly hope for is that the child is crying, which means. And we didn't see the other side of her face. I, I guess I don't know if it did strike her in the face. I would I would assume if it did, she wouldn't be crying. So I thought maybe this is the best case scenario that she was actually conscious. So you crying. thought it was a, a positive sign more so than anything else. That she wasn't unconscious. Yeah, as be, you know, as positive as it can be when somebody gets hit by a line drive foul ball. But yeah, I thought that was probably a good thing that that picture exists where you can see her crying because maybe it hit another part of her body, which is. Hopefully not life-threatening, obviously. Uh, we got this text from PA guy, uh, Mike Mankey. Uh, MLB must mandate extending netting. The game has changed. Hitters are stronger and simply better. Pitchers throw harder in the ball. I'm convinced it's wound tighter. That plus new ballparks are more intimate in their design. They need to act now, not next season. Now, you were going to say something before the break. You forgot. Was I? Probably. Uh, oh, yeah, you yeah. were, and you said well, save it. I told you to yes. stow it. I think I said stow it, not save it. Let me see what it. I can find. Maybe I said mm. both. I don't remember what that thought was now. They're distracted by, oh, you know what? You asked, like, about, uh, we were talking about the, the guy, say, the, the video of the guy cradling who's the other, kids, yes. a kid, got a beer in the other hand, catching the ball, whatever it might no, be. Yeah, that, Why no, people do that? No, Usually it's a home is, run, you see. Now, if you're cradling at, like, a 22-year-old, then I give you more power <laughs> to you. If you can do that, right. he doesn't mind, fine. Right. Oh, 22 months old, I draw the line. Because I think that, like a lot of things in life, Nobody thinks of the consequences. 
Nobody thinks of, well, what could happen by doing something? What bad could happen? Nobody thinks as they're trying to, hey, here comes a ball. I really want that ball. And I want to maybe even think, yeah, it'll be cool. I'll make the highlights tonight if I catch this ball. Thinks, yeah, but what if that ball hits the child? You know, that's going to cause a serious injury. What if it hits you? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. One of my sons- I always thought that was careless, by the way. Yeah. I, I, my opinion has never you know, waned or d- changed. When I saw, the first time I saw someone cradling a baby in the stands, trying to catch a foul ball or with a beer, I said, that's nuts. That's crazy stuff. One of my son's favorite TV shows is America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, here we go. And I know exactly where you're going. I spend the entire 60 minutes cringing watching almost every one of the videos that people send in of stupid stunts they do, and I have to remind my kid the whole time, what was somebody thinking when they hopped on this bike that went down this railing on an icy thing and there was the cement right below and they were trying to do it on one wheel? What did they think was going to happen? Well, that, that, that kind of falls in line with backyard wrestling. Remember yeah. that craze? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, banging chairs over friends' heads or your own head diving into tables. Right. Was it 100% that the person was going to break their neck? No. Were the odds pretty high because it's a really risky, dumb thing to do? I'm, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I've always said about America's Funniest Home Videos, it's strange to me. There's another thing that's strange to me that we laugh. It's like, oh, look, at that guy fell off the thing. He was an inch away from par- being paralyzed. Yes. Like it, these, these videos are like so funny to us. And at the same time, they could be the worst videos of all time. They have one entire segment on the show. That, I don't know if it's every week, but it's it, they certainly do it from time to time. That is all trampoline accidents. Yeah, sure. And it's, Joey has the trampoline set up here to jump off the roof of the house, land on the trampoline, try to do a triple flip and land in the pool where, oh, by the way, you got to cross eight feet of cement before you get to the pool. And then can't figure it out when he hit the edge of the pool with his face going down first. Okay, I'll I'll take another step. Have you watched Rex Chapman's Twitter account lately? Mm Mm-mm. I've heard of it, though. He has gotten very popular posting videos, and he says block or charge of people oh, getting knocked over. Right. Some of these videos, like, I've almost tweeted, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you are showing horrific injuries at this point. Like, do we know the status of that person? And I think we, as a culture, as a society here, are getting less and less sensitive to that. And we're just like, look at that guy. He fell down three flights of stairs. That's funny. That's not funny. These aren't funny videos. Right. A lot of them are. Depends on your nowadays. sense of humor, right? I guess nowadays more so. Nowadays might be the qualifier. I want you to play one other sound cut. Uh, Josh Bell homered last night for the Pirates. I bring that up because 
Milwaukee will now take on Pittsburgh. And Josh Bell is one of the hottest hitters in the game. And probably nobody knows much about him. He's a switch hitting first baseman. He's got 18 home runs. Uh, 12 in the month of May, uh, 23 extra base hits this month. Uh, he's hitting 345. 345 hits safely in 28 of the last 29 games. Josh Bell, if I would have said Josh Bell to you, what were the first thing that you would have thought of? Would you have been able to identify a team? Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I know him from. How about you, Josh? Yeah, of Big course. Nuda for, of course for Pirates first baseman. It didn't ring a bell. <laughs> Go ahead, play it. Hit in the air to left. Going back is Winker to the warning track, approaching the wall, and it is an opposite field home run for Josh Bell, a three-run dinger, and give the Pirates a seven-nothing lead in the seventh. So there you have it: the Pirates and the Brewers tonight. Uh, Chase Anderson going for Milwaukee. Four-game series at PNC. Do you think Josh Bell would win MVP with these on-pace numbers? Oh, Three. yes, on-pace! On-pace. We, we need a sounder for all my on-pace yeah, stuff. There you go. Josh Bell, on-pace for a 345 average, 213 hits, 153 RBI, and 54 home runs. Well, if well that's gotta, rational. If you got you his buy that. There, look where Josh Bell's from, because if I'm not mistaken... And I thought this was mentioned a year or two ago when they were playing in the the Little League game. They play a, a pro baseball game at, at Williamsport. I think he's like one of the first players from Africa to make. Josh Bell? Yeah. Uh, uh, he was born in Texas, according no, to this. Well, then the Pirates had a guy who was one of the first or one of the few players uh, from Africa. One last note on the Cubs game, you know, outside of the near tragedy with the, the youngster. Man, what a delight to watch Wade Miley pitch. He is so quick. He doesn't hesitate. <laughs> just throws the ball, right? Like Burley. Yes. Yeah, I, I like I like to time him. I, he's got to be at the same rate as far as getting the ball and throwing as as, as Burley was. Mark Burley, right? Yeah. Was, I, was Burley always considered to be the fastest oh, yeah. worker? I saw him and Carl Pavano pitch a game that went under two hours. By the way, Rob, you're thinking of Gift, and his last name is N-G-O-E-P-E from South Africa. And he plays for the Pirates or did uh, play he, for the Pirates? He made his debut with the uh, Pirates. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, Wade Miley is good. Wish somebody in here would have predicted oh, that's the it. guy the Brewers are going to miss the most this year. I Did you get a call? Do we have a call of Willie Adams' walk-off, by the way, for later? Because no. this is right up Dr. J's. His his bat flip, and it's a hit the center field for a walk-off for the Rays and their win over the Blue Jays. His bat flip almost goes to the ceiling of the trop down in, really? in Tampa. He hits one to center field. Are you saying he, extreme? And, in fact, his quote is like, how high? I'm going to throw it as high as I basically want. We'll have John work on that during the break. When we come back, we get some uh, news out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, concerning the Packers. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Anytime you look at a guy that had a career that he had, there's certainly a lot of lessons to be taken from that. And I think first and foremost, just being a pro and showing up on a daily basis, not only showing up, but being prepared with the mindset of getting better every day. And that's why these guys play so long. And that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, because he wasn't such an incredible player. But I think it was probably his approach to the game that got him there. They called me on draft day and asked me what number I wore, and I wore 15 in college. And I told them 15, and they gave me a pretty crazy, awkward pause, and I'm like, 15? They're like, uh, there's, a, there's a guy by the name of Bart Starr who played here, and I was like, oh, no disrespect. I didn't I didn't realize it, but so that was the first interaction that we kind of had, and then I ended up telling them about that later on, too. So obviously everybody sat around here, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we can all move on at some point and, and you know, keep, keep them in our hearts. 
Well done, Matt LaFleur and Devontae Adams, both talking about the late, great Bart Starr. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning, Vogel and Adias. The Journal Sentinel Online put together a list of 15 all-time icons in Wisconsin sports history. Nah, not Friday. Not that list. Oh. Uh, some of the names that, that stand out should come to mind immediately are, go ahead. I'll, Favre. Good. That's on the list. Star. Rogers. Yes, on the list. Yount. Yes. Kareem. Yes. Kareem, yes. Kareem. Um, Aaron. Hank Aaron. Oh, Hank Aaron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did they cl- classify this? The 15 most... All-time what? icons. All-time icons. Okay. Uh, Hank Aaron, duh. Alvarez. Mm, yep. Right? Sure. Ron McGuire. Dane, Ron Dane. Ron Dane, McGuire. Yeah, except... He got an, an add-on. He what? wasn't on the list. They just said, oh, th- there was such an uproar, they added him to the end of the list. Oh, did they? After the fact. Well, you have to have him on any type of list. I know, but he wasn't on their list. He, he they, It was like an, a, an amendment, an addendum well, to the list. Well, how about Bob Euchre? Would he be a Wisconsin icon? Yes. I would think so, yes. for sure. Yeah, but now we're going beyond playing field. Euchre isn't for anything for playing. This is broadcasters now. Well, well, they, icons? I mean, it's not even a coach or player. It's now all right, a so broadcast. So let's go can... back to the four. So the the classic cliche Mount Rushmore. If you had only oh, four no. icons, is Bart Starr one of them? We're doing the Wisconsin Mount Rushmore. Is he is... one of them? Probably not. Right? Because are you putting Bart Starr over Vince Lombardi? No, you got to put not. Vince on right. there. Lombardi's on there. Aaron's got to be on there. Favre's got to be on there. And Abdul-Jabbar, he wasn't in Milwaukee very long, huh? I don't think Aaron's on there. No? Aaron Rodgers. Don't, I don't oh, Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, yes. yes. Sorry, Hank, Hank Aaron. Aaron. Yep, yep, yeah. definitely Hank Aaron. How many did we come up? Is that three or four? What are we at? Okay, so Hank let's Aaron. go back. Let's reset this, at? boys and girls. And Lombardi. Lombardi, no-brainer, correct? Right? No-brainer. no-brainer. We, we have to agree on it or it's not going on the list. Okay, okay. Hank Aaron, yes or no? Yes. yes. That's two. We have two slots open. Two slots open. Got to put a Packers quarterback. Uh, Brett Favre. Favre. Brett Favre. And I I, I think the other one, one has got to be Robin Yount. Yount? Well, how about Alvarez? What he did to the program here. Right. It's None of this is arguing mm. against the people. No, no, I understand that fully. But I think um, mm. Robin Yount is, is such an icon in every way, even without winning the championship. I mean, you think of the Brewers, you basically think of Robin Yount of that. Okay, I'll give you that thirty-year period because we'll put we'll bracket we'll bracket McGuire and Alvarez because of their importance to the respective programs. Don't okay. you think? Al McGuire, sure. what he meant to Marquette, sure. national championship, Alvarez, and turning around it. A doormat, and the and the pro sports teams, especially the Packers, get extra weight because they're so much more popular than everybody. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anything else? Well, I mean, b- sure based state. on what I've seen, I'd put David Bakhtiari on any icon list, the way he chugs beers. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I, no. I, I, yes, I would. But don't you think, um, when not just us doing it right here, but if anybody else in this state were to go through this exercise, that there is going to be weight given putting on the Mount Rushmore versus keeping them off, 
as to how you feel about that person. Like, let's put it, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because he left in the, the circumstances of his leaving, wanting yeah, out of Wisconsin. A, you'd have to agree on a definition for icon. Aaron Rodgers, the coolness of his relationship as opposed to the love affair with Brett Favre, even though that had some issues later on. Um, that's going to give Favre more weight than Aaron Rodgers for those that are going to put him on a Mount Rushmore. We'll come back later uh, because someone's challenged David Bakhtiari to a beer chugging contest, and it's not Tom Brady, though I hear he can throw down his beers, unlike the quarterback in Green Bay, Wisconsin, currently. But when we return, we'll continue our series on Birdies for Health. Dr. Schmidt will join us next on Lucas in the Morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. iHeart Media is joining the American Family Insurance Championship in the American Family Children's Hospital for this year's Birdies for Health campaign, which helps support the American Family Children's Hospital, UW Carbone Cancer Center, and people experiencing organ transplants, Alzheimer's, and eye diseases. Make a pledge for every birdie made at this year's AmFam Championship, and all the money, all the money you donate goes to research and helping people in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Go to birdiesforhealth.org or thebig1070.com. Our very special guest today is Dr. Melanie Schmidt, former UW hockey player, current pediatric ophthalmologist, specializing in inherited retinal diseases. Good morning, Melanie. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, well thank you for being so committed to this cause and specific um, making sure young people are aware of eye diseases. Why don't you take it from there? Sure. Um, you know, obviously as a pediatric ophthalmologist, I specialize primarily in diseases of children. Um, and I do see uh, quite a few, you know, either either sports-related injuries or what we call play-related injuries. Um and I would say the, the biggest thing that I see, which is surprising to, I think, a lot of parents out there and the general public, is injuries related to uh, things such as, you know, Nerf guns. Because we, we find those rel- relatively benign and um, safe, but those are probably one of the, the more eye-related injuries that I see. Um, it's unexpected, and um, children usually are not wearing eye protection. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, interesting you mention that. I, I coached Little League and had a, a kid last year who had to get C-flap and special glasses to play the rest of the season because he was hit in the eye by a Nerf gun at, at short range. And uh, people don't think of that when they're, when they're goofing around with those toys or, 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 or things like that. Yes. So I think, I think that's probably the, the one that I see the most. Um, you know, other sports that you think of that, that are high risk, like a racquetball, a lot of times those are sports where people think of it um, and are wearing eye protection. So we don't see, as, you know, as much of that. But I would say that's probably the, the most related sports, you know, type of sports or play injury that I see. Um, you know, like you, you mentioned, you know, baseball or softball, anything with a smaller ball, um, smaller ball, um, you know, at close range and high velocity, that's also some other sports that, w- that we'll see sometimes um, that can cause injuries to eyes. What's the thing that uh, 
that parents, families should be doing the most to to help prevent that. I know baseball has been very big now, and it started from the major leagues and has filtered all the way down to the kids. The C flaps that help whether it's for your eye or for your you know the side of your face uh, for a pitch maybe coming in or a foul ball or whatever it might be. What are some things that parents should be thinking of, whatever sport their child is playing? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased in my um, field where I come from, so I, I tend to see kind of the worst of the worst injuries. Um, so I would personally advocate in any sport in, sport in which there's not like a protective face mask of some sort or shield, um, and you're, you're dealing with any sort of balls that are going to be in close range, high velocity, to, to consider wearing, you know, protective eyewear. Um, anytime there's, there's an injury to an eye, um, a lot of times it, it permanently changes the structure of the eye um, and can cause lifelong consequences and lifelong risks of things such as, you know, high eye pressure or glaucoma, um, or even, you know, acute immediate risks such as cataracts or a bleed in the eye that we call a hyphema. Um, so these are things to be taken very seriously and consider. I know nobody likes to wear glasses because it may not look cool, you know, to some kids, but, um, but it's definitely something to consider as a parent to advocate for. And it's not just, uh, you know, kids as well. I mean, adults, where would you recommend? I- I've had... Um, you know, optometrists recommend to me like, hey, you should probably be wearing this when you're doing some yard work or something, mowing the lawn or something like that. It's not just kids in sports. Someone listening right now should maybe take some precautions for themselves too, right? Yeah, you you bring up a great question. Um, one of the things I actually see more frequently, I would say, than even, you know, sports-related injuries in children um, is foreign bodies to the eye. Um, and a lot of times the story is that um, a child was playing in the lawn while mom or dad was cutting the lawn or, you know, using a leaf blower, and it, something blows into the eye, a small piece of, you know, uh, you know like a leaf or, or even a small, you know, piece of metal will blow into the eye. And then I end up seeing them the next day or a week later because it's been in there for, for that duration. And it's usually, that's usually the story I get in the, in the spring or the fall. So that's another very common, you know, eye-related injury that I see. We're talking with Dr. Melanie Schmidt, a former Badger hockey player, also a Ironman competitor. Are you still competing or no? Um, I I did, or I still play hockey. It's changed a little bit. So a lot of us now are in our 30s that I played with my contemporaries. So a lot of us have young children and are working, but we still play on a women's uh, league. Um, and we still compete many years on the national level and the senior women's, um, you know, national tournament. Um, in terms of the Ironman, I, I did that back in 2010, and I, I still run, and I've done marathons um, and things like that, but I haven't done another Ironman since uh, that one. Melanie, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Mark Johnson and, and just his impact uh, on, on the program here and people uh, connected with the program. Put it into your own words. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, I I was lucky lucky enough to kind of see the inaugural season. So um, I saw a lot of change, you know, once he came on board with the program and the team. Um, and he's just he's just obviously a phenomenal coach. He had the opportunity to go coach, as you probably know, this go coach professionally in the NHL, and instead chose to you know be a head coach for the women's team. Um, and I'm sure it's something that he's never regretted. He's gone on to be 
you know, arguably the best women's college hockey coach in history. Melanie, thanks for sharing some of your thoughts and some of your time today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Dr. Melanie Schmidt, our series on Birdies for Health will continue next Tuesday with Andy North will be our guest right here. Looking forward to talking with Andy, catching up with Andy North. Uh, The series has two more installments past Andy North. So uh, remember, uh, if you make a pledge for every birdie at this year's AmFan Championship, all the money you donate goes to research and helping people in Wisconsin. So go to birdiesforhealth.org or thebig1070.com, and we'll come back next on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. I believe it is one of the most underrated bands in the history of the universe, the Dave Clark Five. <laughs> the Dave Clark. I, I'm serious about this, just totally overshadowed by the Stones and the Beatles, the Dave Clark Five can hold its own with anybody in the history of the world. Lenny Davidson, 75 today. Did you see the new movie that's coming out? The premise is, is that everybody in the world has forgotten the existence of the Beatles. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Except for one guy. And so he writes and performs all the Beatles songs and becomes the biggest musical really? sensation ever all on Beatles music. Plot. Yeah, I did not I see thought, that at all. I thought, I'm like, well, that's kind of funny. Uh, Brett Phillips is 25 years old today. Remember the expectations for Brett Phillips when he came over to Milwaukee and that major deal that included Santana and Hader, yeah. Hauser for Gomi and Fires? Uh, he's at the AAA level right now. Brett Phillips is playing for the Omaha Storm Chasers. Through 45 games, he's hitting 193. He's got that rocket for an arm, though, but yeah. He's yeah. hitting 193 for the Omaha Storm Chasers. The recent trade of top loud. prospects has worked out pretty well for the Brewers. By yes. the way, that's a dynamite name, I think. The Storm Chasers? The Storm Chasers. Oklahoma- oh, what, awesome. what was it? Oklahoma? Yeah. Omaha. Omaha. Same thing. Whatever. Omaha. <laughs> it's all Omaha, the same. Oklahoma. It's all the same. All the same uh, thing. Let's segue to the clash and Topper Hedden, Hedden, 64 today. today. One of the all-time great rock and roll songs right here. This one? For Top sure. Top 10. Definitely. The Clash have a couple. Mount Rushmore? No, I Who called Ian Perrin? Ian Perrin got a hold of you, texted you. He said Bob you. Johnson and Mark Johnson need to be on there. Well, I brought up Reggie White. Is he uh, at least in the discussion for Mount Rushmore? For those wondering, we've got Lombardi, Hank Aaron, 
and Brett Favre. We, we have, need one more. We have 12 people on our Mount Rushmore. It's growing. And this started second. as an offshoot of what Journal Sentinel Online put together 15 potential icons, icons, period, uh, because of the death of Bart Starr. Did Where they rank he, them? No, I don't believe no, they No, they didn't. Them. They didn't put numbers next oh, to them. Oh, come on. Put some media. numbers yeah, next to the name. Yeah, put your name down on it. Uh, Billy Donovan is 54. How does he keep his job? Uh, his team has been eliminated in the first round three straight years. How does he keep his job? I'm serious. How does he keep his job? Now, Kevin Durant left, and the team hasn't been the same since then. Four years in the league. His postseason record since Durant left is 4-12. and 4-12! That stinks. Uh, rage Against the Machine instead of Billy Donovan. That would be a good suggestion on my part. Yeah, why? Tom, Tom Moore, 55 today. Why hanging on Billy no. Donovan? Doesn't some of that get on Russell Westbrook? I was going to say, is that, him? isn't that a Westbrook stat? Let me get the name. Like, Morella, 55 today. Isn't that funny? Like To me, that's a Westbrook stat. Yes. But but uh, to somebody coach. else, it could be a Billy Donovan stat. It's wonder, just whatever the public I wonder, decides. I wonder if Michigan considered him at all. Uh, when Beeline left. Today they're going to introduce uh, Juwan Howard. There'll be a press conference for Howard. Gail Sayers is 76 years old today. Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, Kansas Comet. Played in only 68 pro games. Dealing with a lot of dementia. That's a sad story right there. It's interesting that you bring him up today that it's his birthday because, what, just yesterday we were talking about interviewing athletes or somebody in sports where you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm kind of interviewing this person. That's another one where Gail Sayers was in town for a charity function. I was interviewing him like, Gail Sayers. This is a guy like as a kid. I grew up just watching oh, videos of how tremendous. great he was. You know, uh, Manny Ramirez is 47 today. Manny Ramirez, 312 career average, 2,500 hits, 555 home runs, a number three all time on most career grand slams. Number wow. three all time. So number one and number two would be. Career Grand Slam. Career Grand Slam. He some... had 21. I'll put Hank Aaron because he had a lot of home runs. No. Are oh, these two big-name players that we yes. recognize? Yes, Babe Ruth. Scooter Jeanette. You're close, John. You're close. Bonds. Willie Mays. Oh, you said A-Rod, 25. Oh, close number to one. team. Who's A-Rod close to? In the Yankees. Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Lou Gehrig? You said Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah, that's close. Dang. So it's 25, 23, 21. Eddie Murray's fourth on the list with 19. Grand Salami. I, I love Manny Ramirez. And I know he had all the... I don't care about the PD how many, stuff How many now. children did he have? I mean, I know he was pregnant a while back. Oh, because of the, that's what he took? Yeah, you don't care about PDs. He's no, taking, he's I don't taking care. fertility drugs. He was silly. He hit a bunch of home runs. He entertained me. It was fun. And one last birthday, a guy who is known for having a chokehold on the X's and O's, PJ Carlissimo, 70 years old today. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Carlissimo, chokehold on the X's and O's. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, John? Latrell Sprewell choked him. Oh, I guess it was the opposite yeah, of way. Yeah, See, if, I was, if I was able him. to spit that damn thing out, I would have <laughs> had laughter galore. He said, well, is that a clever thing? Instead of saying, you're an idiot, Lucas. Instead, we focus on you're your stammering. Such an idiot. Stammering. <laughs> and John's not idiot. caring about any athlete cheating ever. Uh, Brian Posick joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. It's a Huda Funk It Thursday. I don't know what you think you think about me, but it's not true. I don't know. What are you thinking? I think it's the coolest thing ever. And at 745, that means they hate him. Jeff Patrickus. 
I hated that guy. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it again. Hey, alongside Rob Vogel and John Audius, it's... Could it be? <laughs> it is. It's Mike Lucas. Let me give you the lineup for the second hour of the show. Within minutes, within minutes, we'll be talking with Marco Siki, Wisconsin assistant hockey coach. Talk to Mark about his Casting for Kids tournament. Let me see if I get the specifics here. Casting for Kids Muskie tournament. This year's event, Saturday, June 1st on Lake Mendota, Lake Monona, and Lake Wabisa. You still have time to enter, too. Entry fees are required before May 31st and include boat guide, two anglers, lunch, and dinner. Uh, we'll get into the specifics with Mark at 7.15. Then 7.30, Connor Kloya from Big Top Sports and Entertainment will join us. Talk a little mallards, little flamingos. And then at 7.45, Jeff Patrikas from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at 7.45. We probably say who the flamingos are. That's Everybody forward knows ma- who, forward mass everyone knows who the flamingos the, are. The professional soccer team. Lost in the, uh, lost in the U.S. Open Cup yesterday in St. Louis. Uh, they could have hosted an MLS team had they won that match last night. And that would be the voice of Brian Posick. Brian's time is brought to you by On Ice Promotions with the program and Enhance Your Game. Your skills and your potential. Good morning. How you Hi. doing? Good, and you? Hey, what's your take on small kids at baseball games? Netting, how far should the netting be extended? Last night, the yeah. Cubs played in Houston. Uh, Elmora was the hitter. Albert Elmora hit a ball down the left field line, curled around the dugout, hit a small kid. I think she was four years old. Four, yep. Elmora was crushed emotionally. He was balling. Crushed by the play. Now people are saying, let's extend the netting not only to the dugouts but to the foul pole. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Sounds like the little girl's going to be okay, yes. which is good. A 79-year-old woman died at Dodger Stadium last year getting hit by a foul ball. Um, I, I extend it past the dugout. I don't know how much farther you can extend it other than that. I, I say you send it send it over the dugout. You know, the fans have uh, for, for years, decades, have, have been able to um, – associate or, or, or mingle with with players in or around the dugout on the outside of the dugout above the dugout um, but uh, it's if, been a part if, of the others, attraction right, of the game to get right, autographs exactly so for the safety of things I think you extend it all the way to the end of the dugout and, and leave it at that and then have someone uh, patrolling right uh, right down by the edge of the dugout close to the outfield wall one thing we all agree on and, and let's be honest that's very rare when we agree on anything but the, the vision of someone at a ball game with a small baby in yeah. their arms trying yeah. to catch a foul ball or fly yeah. ball right. uh, and a beer in his other hand, it, just that image doesn't it's, it's, sell. No, it doesn't. It, whether you catch the ball or not, you know, it's just silly to, to attempt to do something like that. I remember being at a spring training game a number of years ago, and there was a Dodgers fan. I, can't, I won't forget that. But uh, he was sitting in the sun with his newborn, maybe, maybe one-year-old at the most. And it was just him, him and the kid, right? And it's 85 degrees, and the kid's just laying out just cooking. You know, and it's just use your brains, folks. But, but this is a, a different situation. You know, I have is. no problem taking your child to the game. You have to be aware of where you yeah, are. Yeah, there right? has the to be. a thrown. Great. Right? You know, there has to be an awareness. Yeah. If, you, if you're sitting yeah. in the front, front row right behind, right to the extent side of the dugout, yeah. and you got a four-year-old with you, yeah. think about it. Oh, I, I know, I know. We see it in hockey all the time, too, how those pucks come flying and, and people get nailed all the time. Well, what was your reaction when they extended netting behind the goals in well, hockey? Well, I, I guess originally, for me, it didn't bother me because of where I sit for hockey games. I'm pretty much at center ice or, or thereabouts, so the, the netting behind the goals didn't bother me. 
Um, but it was the fans that sat behind the nets, and they were complaining, you know, should it be black net, white net, you know, how, what, what can you do to, a, to not impede my vision of the ice? Uh, but I think it's that whatever, whoever complained back in the day when, when this happened, what was it installed, what, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, something like that? Um, Again, after I, I don't a think, tragedy, I don't right? Think, it right. was a tragedy in Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, in Columbus. Yeah. I don't think anybody cares about it now. It's what it is. No, it's, it's, it's like anything. Everybody complains at first. You're yeah. taking away some freedom, some right, some whatever. And after a little bit of time, it goes away because, you know what, this is the sensible thing to do. Right. And now you think about it and you see all the time, like, well, of course we should have had netting back. Well, it was like, ridiculous. Exactly. Slap shots yeah. get deflected, go up there all the oh time gosh. at 100 miles an I remember hour. being in Mankato back uh, when I was in college uh, doing radio, and, and there was no netting. And where we were positioned at our broadcast booth was in the uh, deep left corner of, of an offensive zone. And during pregame warm-ups, the Mankato goaltender would redirect pucks at us. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were dodging pucks left and right because we're in the line of fire during pregame where there was no netting back then. We you were know? at the when we were in high school down at the, at the Minnesota State High School, high school mm-hmm. Hockey Tournament. We were sitting down in the corner. Mm-hmm. First couple of rolls there. And that had pretty high plexiglass. But it wasn't a slap shot or anything. I think it was teams warming up. Mm-hmm. Buddy of mine was coming down. Mm-hmm. Puck was flipped up. And I yelled, look out. He unfortunately then turned right towards the puck. Got it right across the forehead. Gash, blood everywhere. Yeah. You know, and these are athletic type people mm-hmm. who know hockey nowhere, but there are times for a second or two where you're not all, all eyes focused on the action. Right, Remember right. when pro hockey players uh, just had such a problem adapting to wearing helmets? Oh, sure. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Wearing a helmet? I can't wear a helmet. And baseball players, too. Remember, they, they didn't wear batting helmets for a long, long time. Was it Bob Montgomery was the last active player not to wear a batting helmet? Played for the Red Sox, backup catcher, if you may remember. My, yeah. uh, my cousin... Uh, older cousin uh, back in the in the mid seventies played at the state high school hockey tournament in Minnesota. That's like you said back when they didn't have to wear face masks. Right, right. They were practicing the day before the tournament, and they were all in a line where you're firing pucks at the goalie. Guy follows through with his slap shot. The stick hits him in the eye, mm-hmm. and that's because we had just had an eye doctor. I'm basically talking yeah. about this makes me think of it. He lost his eye yeah. because of that, and his father, who was an attorney, was one of the leaders to help then get the Minnesota high school league to change it, where all high school kids had to wear masks. This yeah. is for talking safety, and here's Safety John over here. Yeah, I've, I think the next step for Major League Baseball as far as player safety is getting those pitchers' masks or pitchers' type of uh, protection. Well, that, hasn't, that hasn't gone over well. And, and, no, it hasn't. And we talk about how hockey players adjusted, right. how fans adjusted to netting. Ask Jeremy Jeffers today, though. If he'd if, like to wear a mask. If he'd like to wear a mask they, there, they will right? adjust, and I think that should be the next step for Major League Baseball to protect its players. They've had individuals have attempted to wear that mask on the mound. and just Softball players do it. Hasn't they worked. figured it out. Certain hats, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, you, some things are just un- unavoidable. Too. And then yet, for the softball, you mentioned you, you could plan for just about everything and then still not figure what's going to happen. If you saw the NCAA tournament softball game yeah. and the accident happened, I don't know if it's a chopper or a bunt right in front of the plate. The catcher pops up to get it. There's a runner on first going to second. The pitcher assumes the throw is going to first, first. base, so she turns and looks to first. Oh. Catcher rifles the ball right between the eyes just above the on the forehead area yeah. was she and knocks a, her down. Was she wearing a mask? I think she was wearing a mask, but... I, I, somehow it hit her where yeah. the mask wasn't right on the head because she was not looking All the time, that mask goes right over the eyebrow. Right. If you yeah. uh, want right. to stick around, we're going to be joined by Marco Siki next. He's going to talk a little bit about casting for kids. Yeah, I've got a, a sports cast I have to do on Come WIBA, back if you want. but I, I can certainly do that. Now, this yeah. has been a good endeavor for Mark, Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, second year of it, and it uh, was wildly successful last year, and uh, even more volunteers and guides giving up their time to, to have some fun on Saturday and raise money for the UW Children's Hospital. So looking Super. forward to it. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Blues won last night. 3-2 yeah, in overtime. 3-2 in overtime. That was a, a heck of a game. Oh, too. The yeah. Blues dominated the OT. Yeah. Dominated. Sundquist. 
He Listen. launched it wide. The late penalty against Boston. Gunnarsson to O'Reilly. To Gunnarsson. He scores! Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni! The Blues win game two! Chris Kerber, Camo X, game hey, three Saturday a, night, 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Center. He had a pipe in the final minutes of regulation. Yeah, Gunnarsson, right. right. That's, that was in the bathroom with the head coach. Telling Barubi, hey, I'm going to score. Give me a shot. I'll <laughs> score in overtime. Overtime, right? And he does. And he and does. He does. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. When we come back, Marco Siki joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Lazy yellow moon coming up to tonight, shining through the trees. Crickets are singing in Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. The second annual Casting for Kids Muskie Tournament will take place on Saturday on Lake Mendota, Lake Monona, and Lake Wabisa. The tournament runs from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. and will close with a dinner and auction at Madison's Eastside Club from 4 to 8. The proceeds of benefits will be UW Children's Hospital and UW Carbone Cancer Center. Joining us now, Wisconsin Hockey Associate Head Coach Mark Osiki. Good morning, Mark. How you doing? Morning, Luke. How are you doing today? I love the song. Yeah, and that's timely credit John Adias for selecting that. Mark, give us an update on where you are here after year one. The, it was so successful. You got to have a year two. Give us the steps that you've taken to put down this promotion one more time. Oh boy. I'll tell you what, after the uh, success that we had in year one, uh, we, we capped it last year at uh, 18 boats just so we didn't have to get approval from DNR and kind of take it slow. And uh, I think we, we sold it out. And I think we had about five or six boats on the waiting list. And uh, so we just decided right away after the event uh, last year, we picked a date. Uh, and then we started talking about the boats and let's get the DNR uh, to be able to put the stamp of approval uh, for the tournament. And uh, once we did that and we went to 40 boats or 45 or somewhere in there for this year's uh, event, uh, but we also said let's let's open it up to not not only musky fishing, uh, but let's open it up to walleye, pike, and bass, uh, just so more people go out and have and catch fish. It's really not about the fishing part of it; it's more about raising an awareness of maybe the fishing side and have some fun, take some photos. There's not there's no money uh, being passed out to the winners that win it. You get a nice trophy, and uh, we were fortunate last year that a former Badger won it in Bend Street, uh, and he won't be back to defend this year. It's a little bit. Uh, he he texted right away after the, uh, the loss to the Chicago Wolves. He said, "I just won't be able to get back in time." So a little bit bummed out about that. But um, so now we're at about forty-five boats uh, this year, and, and <laughs> the interest has been outstanding. I think we're going to be at about three hundred people for the event, for the dinner auction. Uh, so we've more than doubled what we did last year. What's been the reaction you've gotten from? those in the local fishing community, whether it's to help out charters, different groups and getting involved, because lots of people have charity events, and most commonly it seems like we hear in the summer, you know, golf tournaments or golf events like that. Uh, this fishing one obviously a bit different, but I'm, I'm guessing it brought a smile to a lot of faces, people in that uh, fishing community. Absolutely, and I, it's, it's unbelievable the outpouring of support and, and even the calls. I think we received two more calls. Uh, yesterday asking if they if they could guide or if we needed an extra guide slash pro uh, they would be willing to use you know their services and and donate their time and energy and uh, I you know we've had we've been fortunate because of uh, some people that are involved in our event from last year but now we have the bass club involved the Madison and Muskie's Inc of Madison and uh, th- that's really helped us out they've come aboard and and really raised the awareness of the event 
but like you said, it's not it's it's not your typical event. It's a you go out and fish. It's low key. Uh, you throw a little alcohol in there with a with a bunch of <laughs> hockey people. It's, it's certainly going to be fun. <laughs> Mark, it's, uh, it's Brian. What was fun, besides the fishing, and by the way, the only muskie caught last year was by Ben Street. Only one muskie caught. We saw a ton out there, uh-huh. and I'm glad that we can now fish for, for bass, walleye, whatever, and, and have fun for eight hours or so. But the auction afterwards uh, at the Eastside Gentlemen's Club was, was outstanding, and the auctioneer w- was the best I had ever heard. Um, and the items that you have up for auction, uh, I, I mean, they're, they're who's who's autographs of jerseys and sticks and pucks. It's really cool. Yeah, well, first of all, we had to we had to open this up past Muskie just so Brian could go out there and like choke a minnow and try to <laughs> try to catch a walleye, and there wasn't any talent yeah. in it involved. Yeah. No, there's so no that, talent. That was the, probably the main reason why we didn't <laughs> sure. do that. Sure, thank you. Um, <laughs> no problem. The uh, yeah, the the, the the auctioneer was incredible. I think uh, Steve Cressel, a good friend of mine, and Tony Granados from up in Eagle River, he does. Uh, these events for Ducks Unlimited. This, that's what he does for his livelihood. And, and the one main thing he talked about with the event last year: let's keep it fast-paced, fast-moving, upbeat, and make people have fun. And uh, we certainly did that. And, and with Marty, our auctioneer, he was incredible. He was worth he was worth the six hundred yes. bucks that you'd pay for the boat and <laughs> and come to the event. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And so he's back uh, this year, and he's certainly going to have to keep it moving because we have. We're going to try to limit our our live auction to thirty items. We did twenty last year, so yeah. uh, Brian's going to be a lot less talking for you and a lot Good. more action and uh, moving that product. We're talking with Mark Osiki. Mark, the real bottom line though is uh, the benefits to American Family Children's Hospital and UW Carbone Cancer Center, isn't it? It is. You know, and that, that that's the that's the reason why we're doing it. Uh, and if we can raise some awareness and and get that out there and and get people talking and and hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Find a way to help uh, these families and the children of the, the American Family Children's Hospital at Carbone Center. Uh, that's what it's all about. And, and you know, the financial side of it, I, it, it, you know, you take baby steps. Last year, we raised a little bit over 62 grand. Uh, this year, our target goal is right around 100 grand, and and we'll keep on moving this thing. We'll keep on. Uh, we're going to outgrow where we're doing the dinner auction at the East Side Club, um, and that's a good thing. And uh, as we move forward, hopefully, we can raise a lot more awareness and a lot more dollars uh, that that go and help the kids and the and the families. Mark, one final thought. Uh, one thing that Barry Alvarez has stressed from the very beginning with his coaches is that it is family. Uh, whether this, whatever the sport, it is family. Greg Gard, Paul Chris, Tony Granado, it is family. Um, your reaction and what coaches have tried to do now 
to maybe help Howard more and his family after that tragic accident from last weekend? Well, you know, and I've said this so many times. I've been at, I've worked in a lot of different areas, and this athletic department and this university is, it feels like family. And I've said that and, and truly have believed it and felt it. Um, it does feel like family. And I, I think the support that's there for Howard and his family is incredible. No one really knows what direction uh, that, that may end up taking them and what they need. I mean, uh, it's pretty hard to put any of that into words right now, but the, the, the support there that, that what Barry and even going back to Pat Richter has created here uh, is incredible. And uh, we truly feel it. Uh, it's a pleasure to walk into the campus every day, walk into the Kohl Center. So, uh, but it does truly feel like family. Mark, thanks for your time this morning, and good luck with the event this weekend. We appreciate it. All right, boys. Have a good morning. See you, Ozzy. Thanks, Mark. Are you going to be competing, Brian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My brother and I and Wally Bamfy's boat. Yeah, oh, we yeah, were in Wally. last year. We didn't we didn't catch guy. any muskies, but he said, let's go catch some bass. First first cast for both of us. We throw it right near the same pier, and we boom, boom, got back-to-back bass. My if brother you, ca- and I was if cool. you catch walleye, would you not only bring it back, but you, you have to release it, right? Uh, well, no. I, uh, you, can you can you keep the fish? Well, I could keep I the fish, walleye. I suppose. Yeah. Will you oh, bring yeah. it in for, will you, you know, yeah, cook yeah. it, cook bring it, it in. bring it in oh, for you, breakfast? You want to prepare it, have yeah, it prepared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. in the state-of-the-art kitchen back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah I can. Hey, Vogel yeah. went out of his way to go make a pizza one morning. Yeah. Like thanks. somewhere else and to go find a kitchen. Cooking a frozen pizza and preparing fish, same thing. Not much difference at all. I didn't get a chance to ask Mark if Pavelski was coming back at all. He was in the event last year. But he was, you know, he was banged up in the playoffs too. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Interesting thing too, Wisconsin, Wisconsin hockey, the NHL combines going on in Buffalo. Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcott, among others, up there. Two highly touted recruits coming in uh, to Madison next season, and Caulfield is meeting with every single NHL team over a four-day span because he's going to be one of the top ten picks. Thanks, Brian. Cool. Thanks sure. for rejoining us. A little bonus time, bonus coverage out of Brian Posick. When we come back, we're going to talk mallards. We're going to talk kingfish, maybe bullfrogs. Maybe flamingos? I'm going to do so with Connor Kaloya, who joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Look like nothing's going to asked me if I wanted to keep playing and um, I thought it was the right thing to do just stay and I think it would have been worse for me if I would have uh, gone out of the game mentally on official reports of how she's doing have kept me going puts life into perspective kind of we get upset we don't hit we make errors like I was how I was upset I didn't make that play and, and then just kind of life just you know put things in perspective welcome back to Lucas in the morning that would be Chicago Cubs center fielder Albert Almora, who dealt with some really raw emotions last night after following a ball down the left field line and, and striking a, a young child. Um, he needed to be consoled several times before continuing in the game. Joining us now from Big Top Sports and Entertainment, Connor Kaloya. Good morning, Connor. How you doing? I'm great, Mike. Uh, you know, we, we've had this uh, discussion since the start this morning because of the foul ball and whether the netting needs to be extended beyond the dugouts to the foul pole. I mean, you run an enterprise here in Madison, the Mallards, along with the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters and Kenosha Kingfish and Green Bay Bullfrogs. I'm sure they're still under your 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 big top. Um, do you have to you have to be 
constantly concerned about that type of safety element uh, before every yeah, season? It is, yeah. It's something that you we, we reevaluate annually with, with um, you know um, a handful of risk management parties to make sure that we're we're doing the best we can. I mean, it's it's a I don't know if I'd call it a, a difficult balance, but you, you know, in our stadiums, we want to bring the fans as close to the action as we can, but we also want to do that safely. And and one thing that's a little different at our level than than some larger stadiums is you can have a fairly intimate fan experience where you're touching the players and you're getting autographs after the game. And so when we've built stadiums, we, we try and make them fairly tight. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you need a fair amount of netting on the diamond, but also in, in some of the fan experience areas away from the, the diamond as well. So it's, it's, it's a challenge. I think the reality of it is, uh, you know, the other thing you run into is you put more netting up and then you get complaints from fans that, that don't want to sit behind netting. So um, it's a delicate balance, but at the, at the end of the day, the fan safety has got to come first. And I, I think all all operators try and do their best and sometimes overlook some stuff, but do they really try and create a, a fun and safe environment? I'm guessing the other big challenge for you as opposed to a major league ballpark where they maybe have more ability to do this, some of the older ballparks or places you play in around the Northwoods League and others, they're just not built. Uh, they were built so long ago. They don't have great spots to set up netting or add poles here or be able to to, to do the things that maybe uh, some would advocate doing to put more protection up. Absolutely, and, and, and creating more netting just creates more uh, obstructions and, and and worse sight lines for the fans. Whether it be the actual net itself or the poles and infrastructure that it takes to add it, so. Um, it is a challenge. I think we're confident that our, our four ballparks right now are are extremely safe. We haven't had any issues, and we, we do evaluate it, like I said, annually and throughout the season. Um, but it's a uh, you know it's, it's a scary thing when something like that happens, and, and uh, it's a, a, a challenging balance to to have a good fan experience at the same time be uh, as safe as you can possibly be. And with that being said, uh, you know we, we do really thorough analyses and, and, and uh, evaluations it's possible we might miss something too. So, um, you know, it, it's a difficult environment, I think. Yeah, as far as the, the baseball on the field, I know the season just got underway for the Madison Mallards the last couple of days, Northwoods League Baseball uh, back. I was actually at the game in Madison last night. It was it was awesome, as always. What's, what's you know, one of the things you always look forward, though, to is – there's always something new, I guess, with Madison Mallards baseball and Northwoods League baseball in general. What what can you tell us about the 2019 season? You know, we've, we've done a ton of renovations the last four years. The focus this year is really on the the, the food and the fan experience, the youth fan experience. So we've totally overhauled our, our kid zone with new fan fan areas, new uh, uh, new new inflatables, and all kinds of kind of right when you first get into the stadium. That's totally been overhauled. And then we continue to, to upgrade our food and beverage. We've got three full-time chefs uh, on staff, and, and they really do a nice job. And uh, we continue to try and bring that part of the fan experience to a higher level. Um, and, of course, we feel really good about the team on the field. We're off to a great start. Donnie Scott is back as our manager for, I believe, his ninth season. And uh, uh, we, we really feel good about the, the direction we're headed so far. We're talking with Connor Kloya from Big Top Sports and Entertainment. It looks like the, the reception thus far has been overwhelmingly positive to forward Madison FC, the Flamingos. It has, yeah. It's um, you know it's something we've been working on three years to bring soccer to, to the city of Madison. And uh, I think we're, 
don't know if I'd say shocked, but, uh, but we're, we're really impressed with the way the community's embraced it. And uh, uh, we still have a, a lot to improve on. we got a ton of work to do. Um, but I think the early reaction from the community has been positive. The $3 million in renovations to Bree Stevens Field have been very well uh, received. And uh, like I said, we're still a work in progress, uh, but the early results are positive, and, and hopefully we'll get some good weather here into the summer and, and really start filling that place. You've kind of developed a culture that in that it's in another event, an option for fans in this area, correct? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And honestly, it's a, you know, in our research as we kind of got into this, um, while there is some crossover between the, the Mallards and Ford as far as fans are concerned, uh, it really is two separate fan bases. Our, our research shows about one in four will, will, over the course of the summer, attend both. So we're really talking to kind of a, a different fan base, more of a downtown, uh, millennial-focused fan base when, we, when it comes to soccer. And, uh, you know, we are trying to create a, a two-hour kind of destination where you have a, a great, uh, high-quality talent of soccer on the field, professional soccer, uh, some of the best players in the lower divisions in the U.S., um, but then also have great food and beer. and uh, We have an amazing supporter section, the flock or supporter section, the environment they create. Uh, they've been averaging about 700 people per game, and with their drums and flags and what they create is really a large part of our entertainment. Super. Always great talking with you, Connor. We'll touch base again maybe next month. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Connor. Connor Cloy of Big Top Sports and Entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, who's more entertaining than Jeff Petrikas? Nobody. He joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. As a competitor, uh, if you're trying to do something meaningful, if you don't have the mindset that you're the best ever, you failed already. So if you don't have the mindset that you are the best reporter ever, then you already failed. And that's been my mindset since I can remember. That will be my mindset as long as I can remember anything. Draymond Green, former Spartan Kurt Warrior. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jeff Gentlemen, how we doing this We're morning? We're doing okay. I got the question a few times this week already about the Housers and why they decided to split up and why they decided to go one to Michigan State and one to Virginia. And was there a commitment ever made to Wisconsin by either or both? Um, kind of sort through it. What, what do you know about that whole scenario? Well, we're going to stand by our reporting, which we've reported all the way through that Wisconsin was the destination. Um, there was an announcement expected to happen, oh, before Memorial Day weekend. That changed. Uh, as I mentioned the other day, one of our sources just said, hey, once it became a family decision, it became a family decision. I'm not going to get into arguing with the kids on Twitter. I've seen what they've posted on Twitter. I'm not going to get to arguing. We're, we're just going to stand by our decision. But I will say this, when we reported Saturday Late afternoon, early evening, after I was done working on the first version of the, the Howard Moore story, we reported that they were splitting, and one was going to Michigan State and one was going to Virginia. Jeff Goodman came out with a tweet saying he had been told that no decision had been made, et cetera, et cetera. That wasn't accurate. It just wasn't accurate. There just some, it, there, there's something cloudy about how it all unfolded in the final couple of weeks, at least to my thinking. Yeah, you're you're never going to 
get the full story. The Wisconsin coaches aren't, you know, they're not going to talk about it. First of all, an unsigned player, they can't. Um, and they're, obviously they have some other things on their minds right now with Howard. Um, you're not going to get people to, to say exactly what happened. No, it's I, not going to happen on, on the record. Now I got a couple of questions about Big Ten basketball in a, in a different light. Amir Coffey has decided to stay in the draft from Minnesota, Gophers' leading scorer. Anthony Cowan is going back to Maryland. Isaiah Roby leaving Nebraska. Uh, Razier Bolton transferring from Penn State to Iowa State. Your thoughts on those moves? Um, not surprised by Roby. you got a coaching change, and he's probably figuring he's going to maximize what he can is his moment. Coffey, um, I think that's a big blow for Minnesota. I thought at times he made that team go, and there were certain times they weren't going to win games without him. Uh, Bolton, that's an interesting one. I, I, you know, Penn State, it's tough. You know, they get Stevens to come back, but they lose Bolton. Um, that, that's just a tough place to keep players and to keep winning there. So it, 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 you know what it boils down to? It's an individual choice. Is, is now the best time for me to go? Am I comfortable where I am here? Is there a coaching change? It's a time for me to, to just to move on with my life, and, and every kid has to make that choice for himself. There, there was a time where Jeff, where it seemed like after the basketball season in, then it was okay, uh, spring football, and then maybe covering baseball or doing some break before you got back into football season. Has this become, I don't know if it's the secondary season, but especially for college basketball where it's the all those different stories there that Mike just pointed out, uh, the kid at Kansas, this has become the other part of the college basketball season between the transfers, the NBA, the draft, and all the different things that go on. Yeah, it's free agency. And that's what certain people in the media wanted, and now they've got it. Now you have to deal with the ramifications of it. Yeah, the graduate transfer, too, has um, exploded. I was reading something the other day. When Russell Wilson transferred to Wisconsin, that year there were 17 grad transfers. This year they're expected to be over 200 in college football. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the grad transfer, the transfer portal, it has become in, in free agency, and in some ways it dwarfs. Um, NBA free agency, which, you know, happens after their season, uh, NFL free agency. And the reason it does that is because look at the number of teams. You have a, a you know, a smaller number of NFL teams and NBA teams. So you have a, you have a smaller number of pool, a, a smaller pool of players who are eligible to, to leave. Look at it at either college football or college basketball, you've got a ton of teams, kids, and we're, you know we're, we just focus on the the kids from larger programs, but there are kids from smaller programs who are bouncing around, and and to think that this this is going to slow down or diminish, no, it's not. And part of the issue is you too, and, and some people have reported this. You've got say 500 guys in the transfer transfer portal, but there are only a certain number of slots that they can they can find to land. At division at the division one level, and some kids are still in the portal or bounce back. It's just it's it's going to get worse. It's out of hand, and it's going to be a problem. All right, it's free agency. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good weekend. We'll talk again next Tuesday. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Patrikas, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Last call. Tweet of the day. Next, Lucas in the morning. Welcome back. Last call. Tweet of du jour. Do you have one? Uh, sure. I actually have a, a mini bonus one that goes with the theme of the day since everything was promotion of events. James White and Melvin Gordon. Melvin tweeted out that 
The two of them are going to be hosting a football clinic at UW on June 15th, cool. 9 to 1 at the McLean Center. Uh, okay, so the tweet of the day, Amy Just, who's a reporter down in Louisiana, covers LSU sports, found out that records show Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards kept tabs on Javante Smart's playing status and Will Wade in text exchanges with LSU Brass, but the governor's office says, quote, he's not trying to weigh in on whether they should or should not play and coach. So politics getting involved in no, sports we don't talk in, in, politics Louis, in Louisiana. Uh, that's how important no it is No politics. There, yeah. So where's uh, Mike Heller gravy training today? Where's the gravy train today? <laughs> gravy, gravy training? Yes. At the, the legend at Bergamont in Oregon with the Tellurian um, – Celebrity golf tournament, which is a great, it's a great event because they help. Uh, it's it's all about mental health and addiction recovery services. They've been doing this for a long time. They do a great job. There's a lot of, uh, you know, former Packers and former Badgers celebs part of this, including your boy Zach Showalter, who's out here. Mike Wilkinson Zach! is out here. Charlie Wills is out here. Bag of Donuts. Frank Winters. Um, Gilbert Brown's going to join me. Dave Craig, the former Seattle Seahawks quarterback, um, is going to jump on the program as well. John's not playing golf with you, though, is he? You broke, no, I didn't you broke invite John. again. Yeah, you just you do that all the time. You just punish him. I, I did. And I yeah. have to listen to him for three hours. Like I'm at this beautiful golf course, and yeah, you're not here's here. The, but here's the thing: I did you a solid today, only two and a half hours, so I can get out on the golf course. Oh, so fun. at ten thirty, I'm going to let you take over. Is that a smart idea? I think it, it is – no, it's not smart, but I'm, I get a chance to, to get on the golf course earlier, so that, that's we're, smart for me. We're opening baseball cards at 1030 today on the Mike Keller Show. Hey, Luke, would you do me a favor? Would you slap him? Uh, Vogel? Yeah, I'll do that. Well, both of them. <laughs> Don't punch me in the oh, neck. Oh, you want me to do both of them? That'd be awesome. You mean do it again, right, Mike? Because yeah. that's all he does during the commercial does, break. Does Gilbert Brown play golf? No, I don't think so. Well, no, I'm just curious. I mean, it, no, I asked him. We had, yeah, yeah, no, he, um, he's going to be by the grill. <laughs> well, that's he's kind gonna, of stereotyping a big man. Well, no, I mean, we talked about it last week. He, he doesn't want to play. He's going to be by the grill. Well, that'd be a good place to be then today, wouldn't it? Yep. Enjoy yourself, Mike. All right, thanks, Luke. And thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.